on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Anne-Marie O'Dwyer, chatting all things the psychiatry of cancer. I want to say that it's very common to be very distressed, to have a very prominent psychological response to cancer, that they are not alone that lots of other people feel in that way and that it's important for them to have information. Information is power, but it has to be the right information. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk, the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligam, a Makan Shah, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfein. Skilti? Fis Turmi. Tashe Dukrecha Nach Vetok Ara Igornamyan on Kestin Echol. Vientalamaginom Griv Orkar Nrachtum. Yatakshetarin Griven Orkarstan Ilistuhalagiskimina Fracht Gorokligsar Dukashenecher. Nani Venaun Dardarakshin Ven Marav. Shachtan. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Have you heard the news? The Indo Daily is up for a Listener's Choice Award. Head over to the Irish Podcast Awards.ie forward slash vote. You're listening to the best of the Indo Daily, your chance to catch up on the most popular episodes of the year so far. Today on the Indo Daily, 15 years of heartbreak, the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. Three-year-old British girl has gone missing while on a family holiday in Portugal. It's been uh, confirmed by the Foreign Office. Portuguese police are investigating the disappearance from a holiday complex in Praia de Lutz in the western Algarve. Where is Madeleine? Well, for 15 years, that question has gone unanswered. Until now, quite possibly. It's hardly been a secret. The German drifter has been the main suspect in the Madeleine McCann case for three years or more, but now it's official. Christian B is suspected of abducting and killing Madeleine. But with so many twists and turns, will we ever learn the details behind Madeleine's mysterious disappearance? The entire McCann case has become a phenomenon. If you made a dozen movies out of this, nobody would believe them. I've done thousands of cases. With the Madeleine case, I've seen the worst things a human being can see. The worst. I'm Siobhan McGuire, and today on the Indo Daily, I'm joined by Sunday Independent columnist Sarah Cadden and journalist John McGee cannot describe the anguish and despair that we are feeling as the parents of our beautiful daughter Madeline. We request that anyone who may have any information related to Madeline's disappearance, no matter how trivial, contact the Portuguese police and help us get her back safely. Please, if you have Madeline, let her come home to her mummy, daddy, brother and sister. 
John, can I go to you first? Because you were actually on holiday with your own family in that same resort in Portugal on the night of Madeleine's disappearance. Can you take us back to the events of May the 3rd, 2007? Yeah, so it was early May and um, it's the pre-season in Portugal, the summer season. And um, Pride of Luz is very, very quiet at that time of the year. It's on the West Canal Gulf. It wouldn't be as busy as the no- other resorts uh, on the Eastern Algarve, closer to Faro. Unfortunately, the, 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 the holiday was tragically and sadly interrupted by what happened. And uh, the apartment block where we were staying was literally, you know, 80 metres away from the Mark Warner complex where the McCann's were staying. And we had seen the McCann's um, several occasions leading up to uh, that day down on the beach, on the way down to the beach. And you know, just in general, you know, you'd see it was a small little village. It's, you know, and, you know, my daughter was three at the time. So when you spot another parent with a, you know, a similar age child, you kind of almost exchange glances, you know, you're wondering, you know, if they're Irish or what's their story or. And um, so we would have seen them down on the beach a couple of times. We would have seen, I would have seen them pass by the complex and I would have seen them play tennis. Um, um, you know, so little things like that. Yeah. And then the actual day, or the, the night it happened, we were out um, having dinner down in a South African restaurant down towards the seafront, and which is, when I say down towards the seafront, about 60, um, about 100 metres, 200 metres from where we were staying. But um, so we we didn't know that night, you know, what really had gone on. We heard people running around outside and, you know, on a holiday, you think maybe there's people drunk or acting the maggot or whatever. And that's the thing, isn't it, John? I mean, you're on, you're on holidays. You're you're having a relaxing time. You're 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 out and you're having, you know, the the, the few glasses of wine and the the nice meal in the in the lovely evening sun so the last thing you expect is a child disappearing exactly you drop your guard you're on holidays you're relaxing you just want to have a bit of fun and and you know and you know you've got a, a three-year-old which you'll always be guaranteed fun you know at that age yeah. but um you know to see something like that at night time you know it was a bit unsettling and you know it was only really that when we when I got up early the next morning went down to reception to get something and um there was pictures um of Madeline and there was people to and throwing outside the apartment complex. And I asked the receptionist what, what's going on and she said a little girl had gone missing overnight and you know this is our picture and you know we didn't know at that stage it's only a matter of hours um, um, we found out that there was a girl from a girl from England, and that she was staying in the complex, literally about a hundred yards from where we were. And within days, uh, uh, Madeleine McCann, that name had become a global conversation. It's feared that a three-year-old British girl has been abducted in Portugal. If your child isn't safe at a resort, where is she safe? The media made their daughter the most high-profile missing child in the world. Sarah, this is every parent's worst nightmare, isn't it? 
It is. And then at the same time, it is kind of, you know, in the years since the enduring interest in it, a lot of the criticism of the enduring interest in it is that it is a very kind of middle class, you know, scenario of this lovely professional family on holidays left the children on their own to go and have, you know, a nice meal with their friends in a tapas bar and the child went missing. And that really you know, a lot of focus over the years has been on the fact that why are we all so fascinated by this pretty blonde, white three year old when lots of children go missing all the time and nobody pays as much attention? For example, if Madeleine McCann had been left alone in a flat, you know, in somewhere else while their, her parents went out partying, for example, would, you know, would anybody care as much as they do about this little girl 15 years later? And yet here we are still talking about that particular case, Sarah. And John, while you were there at the time, uh, uh, again, on your holiday, I would imagine that the journalist in you uh, decided, right, I better get stuck into this story. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, apart from your first instinct is to protect your family and your, and in particular my daughter, you know. Um, yes. Um, so in the apartment complex where we were staying in the, in the ground floor and um, there was a bar there called Hugo Beatty's and it was a nice um, bar it was a modern development and um, bar stroke restaurant and that became the uh, epicenter for the media over the next um, month or two and so it became sort of the unofficial press center so within a day or two um, I think the, probably the first team on the on the ground was Sky News and uh, Sky News reported the following evening, I think it was. A three-year-old British girl has gone missing while on a family holiday in Portugal. It's been uh, confirmed by the Foreign Office. Uh, there's some more detail on this for you now. The Portuguese police are investigating the disappearance from a holiday complex in Praia de Lutz in the western Algarve. I think we've got a map we can uh, show you there. The Foreign Office spokesman has said that he understood the girl's parents had gone to have dinner once their children were asleep last night, but returned to check on them only to find that the little girl had gone missing. They had sent a team um, there. Local local media was also obviously on the ground as well. But certainly within the 48 hours, um, that bar, Hugo Beatty's, became um, the, the, the unofficial press centre, I suppose. And everybody, all the, the international press assembled there and local police um, were somewhat reluctant to... Um, hold press conferences and uh, the local police were operating out of uh, Portimao, which is about 25 miles away. Lots of theories developed and there was a couple of local suspects that were identified as um, arguidos, which is, you know, as this uh, as a Portuguese term for a suspect. Um, and but it turned out there was nothing to it. And there was one particular person um, who they focused in and some of the media focused in on ended up suing um, some of the British tabloids um, afterwards um, and he was cleared. Um, yeah, that, that that was Robert Murat, wasn't it? Right. I mean, he yeah. was simply just minding his own business and staying at the at the same complex. Mar- Mar- Murat lived literally 40, 50 yards away from um, the, the complex, the Mark Warner complex. And so, you know, while he may have um, had his own little idiosyncrasies and quirks about him and 
um, which all came out in, in court, you know. But there's nothing to actually link him to uh, her abduction. And this is the thing, Sarah, there was intense media scrutiny and everybody was a suspect at some point. I mean, we talk about the Tapas Seven and this is the group that that went out and left their kids, as you pointed out, uh, sleeping in their respective holiday homes. Um, And then the fingers pointed very severely as well at Madeline's parents. Um, What do we know about that timeline and what followed? Well, they had arrived in in Pride Deluge on the 28th of April and there was a big group of friends, the Tapas Seven, as they became known. And they went to the same Tapas bar every night without the kids when they, they all had small children. They'd all been put to bed and they set up a, a rota of going and checking on the children. Now, the 2019 Netflix documentary about this kind of showed that the Tapas bar had a, a, a you know, a bookings book, you know, a ledger that lay open there at where the, you know, the manager would greet you as you went into the restaurant, you'd be seen to your table. And it said on it, apparently, these people are, you know, checking on the kids. They're not bringing the kids, whatever. And this was kind of on display for the weeks. They had a habit. There was a routine there. And that came into focus after Madeline went missing, that they were quite easy to watch what their movements were and predict. But the one parent would go every 15 minutes or so and check on the children. Now, the Mark Warner resort that they went to stay in, a very well-known, you know, very family-focused chain of holiday resorts, in some of their hotels, they offer what they called, you know, what they call a listening service where you, you leave the telephone off the hook and there's somebody listening to you if a child wakes up or whatever. So you don't have a babysitter in the room, but they are being monitored. So, you know, it came up afterwards that the, the, the McCanns knew that this wasn't available in this hotel. And what they did instead was somebody went and, and, and checked on the kids, but didn't necessarily go into each room, family's room when they went to check. They just did a circuit. So the McCanns left the door of the apartment open while they went to dinner, slightly ajar, windows closed, shutters closed. And they left three year old Madeline, who would have been four a few days later, and her um, twin brother, her brother and sister who were twins. They were in a cot near her bed. They were under two. And, um, you know, a parent went up every 15 minutes. So um, one father went, Jerry McCann went, I think, 15 minutes before his wife went. And when she went up, she noticed that um, the door looked a bit different and they, you know, it wasn't quite as they'd left it. And she went in and she discovered that the window was open, the shutters were open and Madeline was not in her bed. And it was she came running back down to the the tapas bar shouting. I, 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 you know, again, you know, these details yeah. that everybody kind of picked up along the way. And I think when you get to this point years later, you wonder which bits were real and which bits were just, you know, Internet rumours. Apparently she came back shouting, they've taken Madeline, which people kind of seized on later as who's they? You know, is this, did she know who they were? And the McCanns themselves, as we know, became our Guidos shortly after Madeline's disappearance. And all those kind of things like Kate McCann didn't cry enough. And she was photographed out jogging uh, around the village in the days afterwards and, you know, clutching. Remember the little cuddle cat toy that Madeline always took to bed with her? Why was she holding that? Was there evidence on the cuddle cat? Um, They were eventually 
cleared of having any involvement in it, both by the Portuguese police and um, Scotland Yard. But um, it, that those rumours have never stopped spinning around them. I think uh, it's hard to explain how terrifying that whole experience was. Uh, it looked like uh, our whole life was going to collapse around us. Um, and I'm sure if we had confessed to hiding Madeline's body, for which there's absolutely no evidence, and no evidence even that Madeline's been harmed, that would have been the end of it. Um, Kate was incredibly strong through that period and uh, was fighting for Madeline. I think the most difficult thing, George, was the realisation at that point that the police weren't looking for Madeline and that they were just focused really on trying to, I guess, blame us and for it all to be over. And obviously that is, you know, one of the most damaging things that could then happen to the search really was for the police to stop looking and to convince the general public as well that we were somehow involved and then stop them from looking. So that was the thing that hurt the most. Certainly any kind of assessment that has been done of what happened in the 24 hours after she went missing says that they didn't, it wasn't treated seriously quickly enough. Um, there were people traipsing in and out of the room, potentially destroying evidence. Even the cuddle cat should have been taken as evidence uh, for forensic uh, forensics. And that really, for example, like borders to Spain weren't closed quickly. Roadblocks weren't set up. So, you know, there was a lot that could have occurred before it was taken seriously. And you had, uh, it, this was an international story. You had the likes of J.K. Rowling and David Beckham coming on board, appealing to the public to to help find Madeleine. Uh, John, you've worked um, consistently on this story and I, I want to bring you back in to ask you about the Netflix documentary that Sarah mentioned there. This was the 2019, The Disappearance of Madeleine McCann, because they wanted you to go on and talk about your, your own experience, didn't they? Yeah, well, to be, to, to be perfectly honest, I mean, yes, I have... Um um, been sucked back into this over the last uh, 15 years now. Uh, it, as a parent, it, it is, as you said earlier on, it's your worst nightmare. And, you know, you've got to believe, you know, that parents would not um, deliberately hurt their kid, their children. You know, parents are not perfect. Parents make mistakes. Um, there is no, you know, handbook of parenting. And I think the McCann's will look back and forever and will torment them forever that they made may have, they made mistakes that night. Going back to what you were saying about the Netflix, I just felt uncomfortable with the direction it was taking. And um, I had discussions with the producers a couple of times and um, um, uh, filming was to, I was to take place in London. And I just, at the, the last minute, I said, no. You know, the one thing about all of this and all the various narratives, you know, and we, and we have to hand, hold our own hands up in the media. You know, it's, I'm not saying uh, we're all kind of complicit, but certain, you know, particularly the tabloids in the UK have created this narrative and, and have fed it constantly for the last 15 years about the, you know, the upper middle class white couple, how dare they leave their daughter in, in you know, in a hotel room or an apartment complex. And, you know, I think we need to move on from that. And, you know, I, I guess, John, you know, there's an aspect of having to take into account that you, you look at the McCanns and, and they have certainly 
never given up in in the the hope in the search for for Madeline, and now uh, we have in in recent years um, some some new developments coming from the German authorities. A German prosecutor investigating a jailed rapist over the disappearance of Madeleine McCann says Portuguese police naming him as a formal suspect is a legal formality. Without naming the man, Portuguese prosecutors said they have been in touch with the German authorities about the suspect. Madeleine's parents, Kate and Jerry McCann, have welcomed the development. Sarah, I might bring you back in here about the latest twist. What do we know about this, this guy, Christian B.? Well, we know that he is in prison in Germany at the moment for a rape um, and that by he's German from Bavaria originally and that he moved to the Algarve in his teens, by which time he already had convictions for sex offences. We know that he was in Praia de Luge at the time of Madeleine's disappearance, that he drove a camper van that is now you know, they're now saying is significant. And we know that um, he encountered an old friend a few years ago in a pub. It was actually it was the time of the 10th anniversary of her disappearance. And in, in a kind of a drunken conversation, it came up on the television screen in the, in the bar. And he said he knew all about this. Um, and then and this this old friend w- went to the police. And so he has been uh uh, you know, in their sights for quite some time, um, but was only declared in Arguido by the Portuguese police last week. So I, I, I did read over the last couple of days that there's a statute of limitations of 15 years on, I think, the, the length of prison sentence that can be given for a crime such as this. So they are, you know, they, they're against the clock, it would seem, on this. But he, uh, being declared in Arguido generally in, in, Portuguese, in Portugal means that they hope to bring charges imminently. And the McCanns have said they still hope that Madeleine is alive, but the German police have said that they believe that she was abducted and murdered. Do you have irrefutable evidence that Madeleine McCann is dead? Uh, we have uh, strong evidence that uh, Madeleine McCann is dead and uh, that our suspect killed her. But uh, I'm not allowed and I'm not able at the moment to tell you all the details of our evidence. We, we don't have the body and no parts of the body, but we have enough evidence to say our suspect killed Madeleine McCann. It was sometime in the last two years when we realized that she's dead. I guess, John, 15 years on, are we really any closer to solving this mystery? I don't know, to be honest. Um, I mean, you know, we all, there's been so many theories, you know, there's been numerous suspects, you know, but very little evidence. And, you know, uh, the Operation Grange one was actually interesting, their investigation, which is still ongoing. Uh, it's not due to close until September, October this year, as far as I know. Now it's down from, I don't know, 45 um, investigating officers to four. But it's my understanding that um, this suspect in Germany, um, Bruckner, was one of the number of 65 um, suspects identified in Operation Grange. When I say 65, these were 65 known paedophiles that operated on the Algarve. When I say the Algarve, from 
from uh, Sagres right across to Faro and beyond over to, towards Spain and Spanish border and actually into Huelva in Spain, in Spain um, where it was well known, it was well known that up to 65 paedophiles were living across it. It's probably about 300 mile stretch and um, this guy was, was one of them. Now, um, 65, when you think about it, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people, uh, yeah. But you know, unless somebody finds, you know, um, a body that, well, then I, I honestly can't see this being solved. You know, it could be, remain one of those mysteries that we'll be talking about for, you know, the next 20 years. Sarah, what's your own thoughts? As as John said, it is terribly sad. It's, it's this child, this toddler frozen in time and her family probably frozen in time with her. You know, her her twin siblings have grown up in the shadow of that disappearance. Her mother never, you know, returned to work. They, you know, their lives have just centred around a, a sequence of occurrences on that night where something relaxed, as you were saying earlier, and, and happy and, you know, where they're all there together, just turned into a nightmare that it still isn't really is there a prospect of it ending they say Christian Bruckner's not saying a word and you know yes it could roll on and on and she would have been 18 um, in a couple of weeks time Madeleine McCann and you know there they are not still not knowing I don't I don't think we will know My thanks there to Sarah Cadden from the Sunday Independent and journalist John McGee. I'm Siobhan McGuire and today's episode was presented and produced by myself, researched by Neve Dunn with sound by Gavin Hennessy, archive clips from independent.ie, Sky News, Netflix, RT61 News, 7 News Australia and 60 Minutes Australia. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.